Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Sofa. Busy Living Sofa. Busy Living Sofa. It's episode 271. 271. And today's topic is surrender. Surrender. That's so big, daunting word. Surrender right? Surrender. And the definition, I always like to do this is the definition. We're going to go to the dictionary app on my phone and we're going to look up the word surrender and surrender means, let's see, to yield to the possession or power of another, deliver up possession of on demand or under duress, to give up as to the police, to give up to some influence, course, emotion, to give up, abandon, relinquish, to yield or resign, to give oneself up as into the power of another, submit or yield. And that's the verb version. And I like that verb version. You know, we think that we're going to, I think that we think, I can only say what I think. So I think that when I was drinking and the thought of giving up booze was like, I might as well take like, take this, put it in my heart. It's done. I can't, I got, I can't, there's no way I'm going to surrender and just live life without booze. Shit. It sounds like hell on earth. Who wants to do that? That's surrendering of alcohol. We think at least I thought no more fun. Surrendering means no more fun. It means my life is going to suck, that life is over. There's no more party. There's no more living life the way I was living it for so long. That was over. So that means that's what surrender meant to me. I was like, okay, this whole gig that I've had is up. It's done. And now what's going to happen? I'm going to surrender. My life's over. And it's like, okay, so my life is over if I continue, if I go and I get sober. And then the craziest thing is, is that I'm killing myself with booze. So I'm going to die this way. So I'm going to die drunk, miserable, shitting myself, pissing myself, you know, feeling like horrible. Uh, you know, I have that going on if I keep drinking or I surrender to this life that's going to be horrible. Okay. So it seems like that's like, who wants door one or two? Not me, right? Not me, not my addiction. I don't want one or two. Thank you. Where's door number three? Where's the thing that I take the pill or I get the shot or I do the thing that makes it all better? Where's that door? Why isn't that ever offered to me? Nobody says, oh, wait, I'm going to give you this and your life's going to be perfect and you're going to be happy and you're going to be joyous and you're going to be free. And it doesn't work like that, you know? It doesn't work like that. And the craziest thing is, is that you have to surrender to win this thing called life. I swear you have to surrender. And that doesn't even mean, and if you do surrender, it still doesn't mean your life's going to be all roses all the time by any stretch of the imagination. It's not going to be beautiful all the time, but it is going to be better. And you might say, I don't believe you. And when I was thinking about getting sober, I didn't really believe anybody either. I thought this is going to be the shit. 
my life is over. I'm the dredge of society. Because even though we live in 2021, the alcoholic is still, you know, a problem. You know, I where I live on the, where, where I play golf, not where I live, where I play golf, there's so many people there that are like, that's all they care about is drinking. They came here, they're at their last stop on the bus and they just want to drink their life away and be miserable. They're not even happy. That's not for me. But um, it bodes to what I was saying. Like either we're going to keep going this life where we're miserable, unhappy, just get me, pour me, pour me, pour me another drink. Or I'm going to say the buck stops here and I'm ready to change. I'm ready to get into action. I'm ready to fall on that, that sword. And I don't mean really falling on the sword, but I mean that it is, um, I mean, it's saying I'm going to do whatever it takes to get better. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask for help, which takes a lot of uh, chutzpah. It takes a lot of chutzpah to ask for help. You know, it's interesting. I just saw this thing and even somebody even mentioned to me, they're like, did you see that Jessica Simpson sober? I don't know how much time she has. I mean, I guess I could look it up on the internet right now, but does it really matter? Maybe six years she's been sober or something. And she was celebrating it. And she was like, so happy that people were happy for her. And I wanted, and I, my, my thought was, why wouldn't we be happy for her? Why aren't we happy for people that get sober? Why don't we want to throw out the huge red carpet and say, oh my God, you're a rock star. She is a rock star. And, um, it, but really Jessica Simpson represents somebody that's just like us. She had a, she has a job that pays for her food, her home, everything else. And she realized that her and alcohol did not miss, mix and she needed to get help and she needed to go into treatment. And of course she should be celebrated. Every person, I don't care what your job is. If you're an entertainer or if you're the person who cleans up people at an old age community, you know, in fact, the person who works at the old age community or the um, the assisted living facility, they should get more kudos for quitting than the person who's the entertainer, I think, in some ways. I mean, not like I want to make this a pissing match, to be completely honest. It doesn't matter. We all, every person that gets sober that has a dream room should be celebrated. It's a big freaking deal because we have this big ego. And you're like, ego. Yeah, I've heard that word, ego. Like, ego is easing God out. Ego is me thinking more of myself than what I am. Ego is this thing that's like, yeah, I got this. I'm doing life. I'm great. But in reality, we aren't great. You know, I have, a, you know, my whole thing is, is on the outside for many, many, many years. I walked around and said, yeah, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm great. I just got divorced. I got no money. I got no real thing to fall back on. I got three kids to feed. I'm doing great. I am freaking fabulous. Give me another dirty martini. Life is so amazing. <laughs> what a full of shit was I? I was so full of shit. It wasn't even funny. I was not okay. Mm -mm. On the contrary, I was dreaming myself into oblivion. I didn't want to have one feeling. So I thought I'd have a feeling and I break into a million pieces like Humpty Dumpty. I was so scared. I was so fucking scared. I don't even think there was that word that I could say that I had anxiety because I don't even think that word might have been invented, but not to describe someone's um, 
thought process or where somebody was in their lives. But um, I, um, and I, I was so scared. I had so many feelings. They were so overwhelming that I couldn't ask for help. And there's so many people that are like that in this world that they really, they're scared of what someone's going to say to them if they reach out for help. They're scared of what the outcome is going to be if they say, you know what, the gig's up. I can't do this. They're scared if to be standing there naked. We're scared to be standing there naked with our emotions, with standing there and going, you know what, my ego's not working anymore and I don't have anything and I'm falling apart in my life. I'm falling apart. My life is falling apart. I don't know what to do. I'm stuck and I'm broken and I don't know what to do. I know that I've been drinking too much and if I keep drinking, things aren't going to get any better. They're just going to get worse because I've been doing this long enough that I know that this drinking thing, it works for a couple of minutes and then it's gone and it doesn't work anymore. But this other idea of this life that's going to be that people are going to judge me. We, we, the crazy thing is that we think people are judging that aren't judging us when we're drunk and people aren't talking about it when we're drunk. People are totally talking about us when we're drunk, by the way. People are like, like whispering. Who gives a shit? completely honestly who cares what anybody else thinks you know I spent many years being taught and I'm not going to go into the nitty-gritty of who taught to me and why they taught to me but from a very young age oh my gosh look at how what the neighbors are going to think of you if you're dressed like that don't act like that what are the neighbors gonna say oh don't do that because somebody's gonna say something and um I get why that was done to me but it was done to me in a way that you know, what other people thought about me was more important on how, than what I thought about me. It mattered more what you thought than what I thought. Does that sound kind of backwards? <laughs> I mean, really, I, it is more important what a stranger thinks of me than what I think about me inside of my heart. Let's like dissect that. Okay, so I think if you down the street think that I'm okay, then I'm okay. But that person down the street already thinks you're okay, but you don't think you're okay. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. That's not the right way of thinking. We need to like, like ourselves. We need to surrender first. We need to give ourselves on to somebody else. And it's... um. When we go and we pick the people that we're going to give ourselves on to take, to pick, be, um, take your time picking a person, find somebody that you, that has something that you want, but at the same time, don't put them up higher than you. And you're going to be like, wait a minute, what does that mean? So, you know, we put people on pedestals. At least I do. So I remember growing up, we would put the doctor on a pedestal because the doctor knows everything. Doctors don't know everything. Psychiatrists, they don't know everything. Therapists, they don't know everything. They're all human. They just went to school to study something a little bit more than we did. But does that make them God in what they say to be permanently important in your life? Not necessarily. Differentiating. The real most important thing is, is find somebody to walk you through this for the first year. 
That's my biggest, that's my biggest thing. I got to tell you. And you're like, wait a minute. Why do I need somebody to walk me through this for my first year? Because really having somebody to be accountable is important. I can tell you when you do Weight Watchers, at least when I've done Weight Watchers in the past, obviously I haven't done it recently, but when I did it a long time ago and when I did Jenny Craig and when I did, did I do, oh, I did, I've done a bunch of diets in my life. So whenever I did a diet, you'd get, they'd give you someone, right? That would be your accountable coach. Now, if you do things online, you put them in here in your computer and you say, this is what I ate. And then the person can write to you. It's probably computer generated that says, oh, you're doing a good job. But you're accountable to something that says, oh, look, you did this. It gives you a little star. It's a weird way the, um, the brain works. You know, this whole computer that it's, you know, this is addicting too. They've made this completely addicting and Facebook addicting. I mean, it's all come, it's all out in the media, but this is addicting as well. But having this thing that you're accountable to and having it be a human is, um, is, for one, it, it, it makes you have to trust somebody, you know, and that's hard. I don't like to trust other people. I especially don't want to trust a woman. Oh, screw that. I don't like, I don't like women. They always hurt me for some reason, men don't, but women do. So, um, I don't want a woman, but I had to get a woman and I had one, I, I, I've had a couple people and, um, but finding somebody that has what you want and reaching out to them and saying, all right, I want you to be my accountable coach saying, I want to, you to be my sponsor, accountable coach, fellow traveler, whatever the hell you want to call it. I don't care what you dress it up as, but somebody that you can talk to and tell them what's going on with you and just say, I'm just going to be with this person for a year, but you're going to do it one day at a time or nine, at least 90 days, because taking to change a habit is nine. It takes 90 days. You know, this dis-ease we have, it's a dis-ease we have in our heads and alcohol is legal. Now marijuana is legal in lots of states too. And you, um, you have these things that are out there that quiet your brain and it, they get to the place that they don't work anymore. And we become, we become addicted to them and they aren't healthy. Alcohol, you know, if you've been drinking daily for a long time, it's not great for you. It, it doesn't do good things for your body. It's, it's a poison. So you have to surrender to one of these people. And you're like, who am I going to surrender to? Just, if you have to use me in the beginning, use me. I don't care. I'll be your accountable person. You can write to me every day. I'll respond to you. It might not be a lengthy because I don't have a ton of time, but I could give you a little bit. I could also steer you in a direction of people that I know that can help you. Um, but getting somebody that you're accountable to because these feelings come up. These feelings come up. When we surrender it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to say, I'm going to give up my best friend booze. It's worked for so long, but it's not working anymore. Like it's killing me. What am I going to do? And it's going to surrender and ask for help. And I think a lot of times in the very beginning, especially if you're a daily drinker, going into facility, if you can afford it would be amazing. If you can go into a facility and nine out of 10 times, they're 12 step based. And so if you have some stuff going on, some trauma, um, like a lot of us do, um, and you can afford to go to a place that has dual diagnosis that can help you with the mental stuff too, I, 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 there's, I can't say anything like better about that. Um, um, I, 
I believe that taking the time to take care of ourselves can take up to a year. It can take up to a year to figure out the way we tick. It's, um, it's a really, it's a, this disease is so cunning, baffling, and powerful. And it's, it, God, it hurts the whole family. It's so bad the way that alcoholism is. Cause we think, I remember when I was first getting sober and they said, what about what you did to everybody else? I'm like, what, what I did to who? I didn't do anything to anybody else. I only did it to me. I poured the alcohol down my throat. It did certain things. I had psoriasis on my hands. My face broke out in broken capillaries. I can't even imagine what I would look like if I kept drinking, but I was like starting to have like rosacea all over and everything. And I was just starting to fall apart. And they, and, and um, it was killing me. It was killing me. And that day that Kate, that sliver of time that I had, that I actually held on to, that was like, I want to change. And I held on to that and I ran with it. And it wasn't easy. It's not easy. This whole thing is not easy. It is, in fact, it's like the hardest thing. It is, and I don't mean hard like running a marathon or, you know, pushing a boulder up a hill. I don't mean hard like that. I mean, it's hard to trust somebody. It's hard to get to this place where you are honest with you. And it's like in the, um, in AA we say, and how it works, it says, you know, we have to be willing to be like some people are unconstitutionally capable of being honest with themselves. And that being honest with yourself, I swear it's where it begins. It's like, I had to realize that I was, and now here I am saying this, by the way, 50, I'm going to admit that I've been doing this for long enough that I don't want to say to you that you're going to feel like this right off the bat because you're not. If there's going to be waning and flowing and waning and flowing, and you're going to be like, I want to drink, I want to drink. But, um, but eventually you get to this place where you're like, I, I want to be sober more than you want to be drunk. And that's how you have to get through each day. Like all the rest of the going to what had happened to you, you need to get really sober. If you're in a facility and you have nothing around you, you can probably get there quicker than you can. If you're um, doing 12 step for me, I, I, you know, I did 12 steps. I got, went to a meeting every single solitary day. I raised my hand. I shared all the time. In the very beginning, I shared that I was just happy that I knew where my car was. And I'm going to tell you something, that was the exact truth because I couldn't go back. You know, there's yesterday, today, and tomorrow and yesterday's gone. No money in the world's going to bring back yesterday. So I couldn't keep looking back at what had happened to me. It already happened. I couldn't change it. It brought me to where I was today. Yesterday's gone. Yesterday's gone. The other day you can't worry about is tomorrow. Tomorrow's not here yet. So it was like literally living in the day. Learning to live in the day takes years, I swear, God. It takes years to learn to live in the day. And still sometimes I'll be a future tripper and I'm like, oh, okay, what am I thinking about? Going to the future. I have to be in today. I have to be in today. If I live in the day, I can deal with my emotions because it's all about emotions and it's all about relationships. Um, we can't have relationships with other people if we don't even get along. If 
we got to figure out how we tick before we can get along with other people. And sometimes I still don't get along with other people. I have to tell you, I've got a short fuse when it comes to the human people, the human race, especially these days. I just don't, I just can't deal. I'm like, you know, I just have very short fuse, not to digress, but to surrender and say, I want to have help. It makes you a warrior. It makes you a warrior to be able to do that. It makes you a warrior to reach out to somebody that you wouldn't normally reach out to and say, can you help me? Because I don't know at what age we're taught that we got this. Like you got this, maybe it's when you rode your bike for the first time. I don't know when it happened, but we all had that time where we were like, I got this. I don't need to ask for help. I've got this mom. I know how to do it by myself. But do we really know how to do life by ourselves? We have our moms with us when we're young. And then we get to this middle school age and we think we know everything when we know nothing. My favorite is when my kids would ask, say, well, mom, when I'd be like, mom, this is what I want to do. And I'd be like, really? I'm glad that's what you want to do, but you're not doing that. I'd be like, why? I'm like, mm, cause it's not a good idea. Well, how do you know, mom? And I'd be like, I at least have been here longer than you have. I can't tell you anything else but that I've been here longer than you have. And I have a better idea of how the world works. But we turn our kids over in middle school and say, we listen to people. Say, yes, go ahead and do that. Maybe that's when we have this full, false sense that we've got this whole thing of called life by ourselves. Maybe it starts in middle school. But we go on and we become adults and we're like, okay, since 12, I've been trying to do this thing and it's not really working out for me, especially since I introduced booze into my life. And now I have booze. And it sure made it a lot easier. It does make it a lot easier. At least it did for me. It's like, wow, this is so much easier when I've got a buzz on than it is when you're doing it life sober. And you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. What am I supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to be wearing a mask? Am I not supposed to be wearing a mask? Am I supposed to be getting a shot? Am I supposed to be getting a booster? Am I supposed to be half the country's doing this, half the country's doing that? I don't know. It's all confusing. And at the end of the day, does anybody really grade you? No. It's how you feel about yourself at the end of the day because you come into this world alone and you leave this world alone. We don't, we aren't promised anything. But today, just today, how are we going to walk through today? And surrendering when we know, we know in our hearts that we need help. We know that we're drinking too much. We know that we're doing too many pills. We know that we are spiraling. We can see it in ourselves. We see it in ourselves, but we don't want to do anything about it because it's too scary. It is so scary. And it's nine out of 10 times, I have to tell you, women alcoholics are so fearful, private, private. They don't want, God, women just don't want other women to be involved in their lives. They really don't. They don't want, women have a hard time saying, I don't have this. Women have a hard time telling people what's going on with them for fear of what other people are going to think. It happens all the time. I get people writing to me all, all the time, like on a daily basis that say, this is really hard for me. And so I appreciate when somebody reaches out to me because I know how hard it is. 
it's so hard to reach out and say, I don't have this. It's so hard to admit, admit default, to say, I can't do this thing called life. I thought I could, but it's just not working out that way. This is really difficult. I need help. I'm having a hard time. It's really, really amazing when someone takes that first step to watch someone take that first step. And it's like when you ride the bike for the first time, I was talking about riding a bike, you know, you learn how to ride a bike and you learn how to ride a bike and you, you kind of wobbly for the first couple of times. It's like sobriety in the beginning. It's really hard because you sit here and you sometimes think to yourself, I remember being in the beginning and looking at a glass of wine going, God, that would be so good. But then playing the tape and you might think to yourself, what are you talking about the tape? So I can think in my brain, the tape of what my life was like when I was drinking. So I play the tape. So if I go and I have that glass of wine, I have one glass of wine. This is where I, I, I can remember this still to this day. I have the one glass of wine. And then all those things in your brain get to this relaxed mode where you're like, wow, I had one. Wouldn't two just be so much better than one? Let me do another one. I won't do another one. I'll be okay. Two's okay. And then you're chasing this thing. And if I were to ask you what the thing is you're chasing, you'd say, I don't know. I don't know what the thing is, but I know it feels really good. And it's that spirit. So spirits make us get to this place where we feel zen, like we feel euphoric. And it's very fleeting. The time that we feel that feeling we have when we're getting, we're drinking, there's this feeling we get that's like, everything's amazing. It's very fleeting. I could say it could be seconds long. We get that feeling and then we chase it. And we're like, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more. It's called the phenomenon of craving. It's not crazy. If you have this feeling, you're not crazy. I just want to tell you that you're not crazy. When we surrender and we get, and we read books and we talk to people, we realize that this phenomenon of crazy, it's that feeling you get where you're like, I had one, like you're drinking your first one. And I, I mean, listen, I haven't had a drink in 15 years and I can still tell you exactly what it was like. I have the drink and this warm feeling goes through my body. Now, because of my DNA or whatever, my face turns red and I get this like, and then you're like, God, that's so good. I need some more of that. I need some more of that. Ah, feels so good. And then we have another one. 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 And then fuck it, we're done. 47 in. And I'm like, holy shit. What? And you wake up the next day and you're like, how did that happen again? What did I just do? I thought I was only going to have one. What happened? I don't know where my car is. Who's that guy or girl or whatever? Oh my God. Where's my car? What did I do? Who did I say? Who did I hurt? I guess today you would have to go and look at your whole phone and be like, oh my God. I got to do this, I call this, I don't remember experience. And then we hate ourselves. 
were like, shit, why did I do that again? I hate myself. I know I drink too much. Fuck, in my head, I'm going to. I drink too much, so I know I drink too much. Am I an alcoholic? Is this what an alcoholic is? I kind of feel like I'm an alcoholic. I mean, I know I, I, I still have a car. I still have a house, some clothes. I have a job. I have some money in my bank account. But I sure kind of feel like that person that they have on TV that's kind of out of control. I might not be that bad that I'm living under the freeway, but I kind of feel that feeling that's like, oh, shit. I don't like this. What's wrong with me? I don't like this. I don't want, I want this to go away. Can I call the doctor? No, I can't tell the doctor. They asked me how much I drank. I'm going to say I drank one, maybe two. I'm not going to tell them that. It's two bottles and one glass. I, I've had glass that fit one bottle of wine. Yeah. So I'd have a couple glasses of wine. It's a couple bottles of wine. Because I didn't want anybody to know that I thought I was going fucking crazy. I'm like, I am like, I thought this is a normal thing people did. Like this drinking thing, everybody does it. It's all over TV. They have like beer commercials, these wine commercials. It looks so pretty. I watched the fucking housewives. They all look so crazy and good. And I'm like, what? I don't look like that when I drink. <laughs> I don't have cameras following me, thank God. But I know that, uh, I'm in a place and I don't know what to do. And then I know that there's this thing that they have out there and it's called AA. It's got some major stigmas associated with it. And I don't want to be one of them, you know. No. But I like, I, I don't want to be one of them, but what am I going to do with this thing? Because I, I, the way I feel every time I go out and I drink, I just want to be with my girlfriends and I felt like they do in like the movies on TV. And like some of my friends could do, I want to be like that. But for some reason, why do I always push it? <sighs> I hate myself afterwards. I hate the way my kids look at me. I hate the way my spouse looks at me. I hate the way my partner looks at me. I hate the way I'm going to go to work. And do I smell like I did last night? Sure, I took a shower. I swear I did. But my head is killing me. I'm not thinking clearly. What's wrong with me? wrong with me and then we feel like that and then another day comes and we're, we, we get dried out one more day we get dried out we don't drink that night we're like we're not gonna drink i'm not drinking tonight i'm not drinking tonight i'm good i'm good i'm good i'm good i'm not gonna drink tonight and maybe even tomorrow i'm not gonna drink i'm not gonna drink tomorrow i'm not gonna drink tomorrow because it's thursday friday friday i can just have pizza day i can just stay in my pajamas saturday comes and guess what? There's a football game. There's a college game on. It's a big deal. My team's playing. Or I'm supposed to go to this party. Or I have a wedding. How am I going to do that? I, I, how am I not going to drink? I, I just, I, and this is all in our heads, by the way. I'm, we're not talking to anybody about this. This is all in our heads that we're having these. Like, and I want to go to this wedding. Or I want to go to this tailgate. I want to go to this football game. I want to go on this girl's trip. But shit, I can't do this. I feel like so bad afterwards. And then I've got these kids, gosh, like they have these funny reels today. And they're like, I gave birth to humans. Yes, you gave birth to humans. And you're like, and I am supposed to manage these humans. And I feel like I'd rather just go put a gun to my head because I feel like shit. Because every time I drink, I push it. And then in my head about how I pushed it. 
and I'm supposed to go to this thing tonight. Now am I going to do this? Oh my God. And it's this spiral. And it goes on and on. And it's funny. You know, it's November now. So we've got, what, two weeks to Thanksgiving. Who wants to get sober Thanksgiving? Fuck that. I got to be around my family. No way. I'm not doing that. I, I, I got to keep drinking. And then there's Christmas. I obviously have tons of Christmas parties. I can't do that. And uh, the reality is there's no really great time to surrender. It's when you're ready to surrender. It's ready when you're ready to say, I can't do this anymore. It's ready when you can say, you know, what Sally thinks, what my mom thinks, what my brother thinks, what my sister thinks, what everybody else thinks, I can't worry about. And I got to do this for me. Because, you know, I'm getting up there in age or I'm getting, or I'm young, wherever age you are, because it's never good age, right? It's never good age. Nothing's ever good. Nothing's ever perfect. But you know, when you get to that place that you're like, I got to surrender. How am I going to do it? And doing it alone is really hard. And I would not recommend it to anyone. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I would... I definitely find somebody to walk this path with. And if you want it to be me for the beginning and I can help you steer you in the right direction, I can steer you to a Zoom AA meeting that I started in um, the cloud. And I started that back when COVID started. And you can be in your own living room in your pajamas. You don't even have to have your name on there. All you have to do is sign on. It's very easy, very easy, very anonymous, very just you can be a voyeur. But taking this time to surrender, to really surrender and say, I am willing to do whatever it takes. And I'm not going to drink just one day at a time, each day, each day, just today. All right. I'm not going to drink the rest of today. I can do it. I can do it. It's Wednesday. I'm not going to drink today. And then you're going to do the same thing tomorrow. You're going to get up tomorrow. You're going to say, I'm not going to drink today. And a big thing for me, big thing when you surrender, God. God is huge. God's huge. I can't tell you. God's huge. You know, I still thank God when I go to bed. Thank you, God. I always go, thank you, God, for keeping me sober. I don't get on my knees. I don't do anything crazy. I just lay in bed and I just go like this. And I do the cross myself. Thank you, God, for keeping me sober. And in the morning when I'm brushing my teeth, God, please help me not drink today. God, help me please not drink today. And we do that one day at a time. And we do the same thing over and over and over again and we do that till we get about a year we got to firmly plant our tree in this thing called sobriety and see how we like it and we got to feed it and we got to give it miracle grow and you have to find something else you like to drink besides booze for me i drink kombucha i drink half kombucha with synergy i like the synergy synergy kombucha with a pellegrino i mix because i don't like how strong it is i like just a little flavor flavor so surrendering is tough. I get it. I've been there. You're not alone. Please reach out to me if you need to talk because I'm here. I promise I'll write you back. I promise. You can reach me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y at busylivingsober.com or you can reach me at elizabeth at elizabethchance.com. Both go to the same email address. Isn't that crazy? I get it all in the same box. And reach out to me and I promise I will write you back. Just don't do this by yourself. It's so hard. It's so hard. Try, if you want to try a meeting and you don't want to reach out to me, you go to my website, 
it's under morning hope. It says morning hope. That's what it's at eight o'clock in the morning, Eastern standard time, seven days a week, Eastern standard time, seven days a week. It's called busy living sober. So, uh, I mean, it's called morning hope under busy living. sober. busy living sober.com, elizabethchance.com. It all gets you to the same place. It's even busy living life, busy living life. You know, a good friend of mine, Amanda, said, why don't you call it busy living life? So maybe people like that. It's easier. It doesn't have to have the sobriety in it. So there you go. I'm going to busy living life. And um, busy living life is all about getting busy living life today and not with booze. It's breaking up with booze and feeling okay with it and knowing that you are not alone. Reach out. Go to Morning Hope. If you want to try out a meeting and you want to see what it's like, go to Morning Hope. It has a Zoom info on it. There's no password. There's just a number. 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every day of the week. I'm not there every day. I'm going to be there tomorrow, Thursday, and I'm going to be there Saturday and Sunday of this weekend. But um, until next week, reach out to me. Please do not do this by yourself. Elizabeth at elizabethchance.com. Reach out. And that's with a Z, not an S. Um, reach out to me and know that you're not alone. And until next week, keep getting busy, living. Bye-bye, everybody. Take care.